You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. and welcome to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today's guest is a badass, just like you and me. So I'm really excited that she's on to share her gold nuggets. Her name is Alicia Heilner. She's the founder of The Fit Breakthrough, a one-on-one nutrition and training coaching company aimed to educate women on the power of eating to fuel, allowing them to show up as their strongest, most confident selves in and out of the gym. Before coaching full-time, she worked as an auditor for Ernst & Young and knows firsthand the struggle of balancing fitness with full-time obligations. So thank you so much for coming on. I know so many people are going to relate to the struggle of trying to balance corporate with like your self-care routines and just like general obligations in life. So I'm so grateful you kind of get to shed some light on that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So what's, you know, your background? Like I know, you know, you went from being an accountant at a big four firm, right? And Ernst & Young, it's supposed to be fancy and pays well. And like, you know, you made it kind of. How did you go from that to then running a fitness focused business? Yeah. So (laughs) great questions. All throughout college and grad school. So I have my master's in accounting as well. I was really into fitness. I competed a few times in bodybuilding and I started my fitness Instagram just to connect with other people. I mean, I went to the University of Arizona, so there was a few people who were into fitness, but not a lot. So I was like, oh, let's just like make an Instagram and connect with other people. And that grew and I just shared my journey along the way when I transitioned into working full-time at Ernst & Young. I documented, you know, balancing fitness with corporate and stuff like that. And throughout the pandemic, I had taken on a few clients for free. I had just had some people reach out, friends, and be like, hey, can you coach me? And I'm like, okay. So I kind of did that and helped them along their journey with nutrition and training. I fell in love with it. And I kind of had that as a side business all throughout my time at EY. I was at EY for like nine months. So I wasn't even there for a long time at all. But it was really a challenge to balance everything. And especially even before EY in grad school as well, just balancing fitness with all the other obligations that you have with being a student and stuff like that. So I think that sharing my journey along the way really helped the audience that I essentially built and stuff like that. And I was able to, very grateful to be able to transition into full-time. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard to balance it all because, right, you know, you have to put your job first, the thing that's going to pay you and kind of provide those food, shelter, like the basics. But at the same time, self-care is so important. Like if you don't run your body well, everything else falls out of whack. So it's like, well, what comes first? Like they all kind of have to come first and prioritizing is really difficult. Yeah, I definitely think that that's something that I built my business off of the Fit Breakthrough and also just how I try to come across in terms of fitness is it's not all or nothing. There's never going to be a time when everything is perfectly balanced. Your school or your job or your business, if you're building one with fitness, it all has to ebb and flow based on the season and you need to be comfortable enough with your fitness routine to be like, hey, you know what? Sometimes my job is going to take the forefront of what I need to focus on and that's okay. I'll always, you know, do what I can on a day-to-day basis. It doesn't need to be so like, is today a fitness focus day or not? And I think that that can really benefit people just mindset wise and also have the ability to turn to fitness when needed and feel like you're having everything in harmony. Yeah. 
It is hard though. I would say even with corporate because like they give you the opportunity to do it, like right class pass or like, you know, they can have all these benefits, but in, in the back of your mind, you almost feel guilty if you put yourself first. Like I'm sure you experienced that too, you know, in EY, especially when like tax season came, right? Like January through April, shit was crazy. Yeah, that was something, especially being a first year in EY, I felt almost guilty taking those non-negotiables for myself and being like, okay, I'm going to work out at this time or I'm going to log off and I'll come back and like, I'll do my work. It'll get done, but I'm really going to set the standard for myself and put myself first in this way. You know, you almost feel like, do I have a right to do that? I'm so new. Like, do I have the ability to really step away and have that for myself? But at the end of the day, like you have to be an advocate for yourself, no matter where you're at in your job, whether you're new, whether you're leading a team, and that's just going to give you the ability to come back to work and be a better coworker or employee or run your own business if that's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you mentioned kind of just guilt of maybe not putting yourself first in certain things. Was it hard switching gears for you to go from EY to then running your own business? Like, did you have any guilt or shame around leaving behind the job? Did you get any shit from your family or anything like that because of leaving? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that too, of like, I'm going to quit my cushy job. What are the people around me going to think of me then? Yes and no. I think that I waited till my very, very, very wit's end to kind of quit, which I know is kind of weird. You're like, you're only there for not very long. But at the end of the day, I was able to understand my body and be like, okay, it's telling me like, it's just in overdrive. Like I was just really emotional. I was had so much anxiety. I had to like start going to therapy, just balancing all just became so overwhelming And yes, my parents come from a very traditional nine to five background, like no one in our family starts their own business and stuff like that. So I think from their perspective, at the beginning, they were kind of like, oh, like, what is this? Like, do you really want to do this full time? Are you able to? And then once they saw kind of how genuinely unhappy I was trying to balance everything all, but still wanting to do this coaching thing on the side, they were just like, okay, yes, like, this is good for you. You can just try it out and see what happens. But I definitely also want to point out the importance of being privileged in the sense of being able to step away and do something full-time. I'm definitely aware of that. I think that being able to grow up and get the education and get the tutoring in order to get scholarship, in order to get this job, you know, I'm not in crippling debt or anything like that. So I think that while, yes, it's important to say like, hey, follow your passion, like leave your job if you want to, or if you can and stuff like that. I understand that from my perspective, I was in a very privileged place in order to do so. So I wanted to point that out as well. If there's anybody who's wanting to leave their job, that's why it's so important to be able to set your non-negotiables in terms of training, in terms of your side business and what you want to do, because I understand not everybody is going to have that ability to just leave. Yeah. I mean, even with that, like, did you have any imposter syndrome when you were leaving? Because also there's the imposter syndrome of like, I'm actually cut out to do this, right? I'm young, right? I'm just starting, right? There's this notion of like, I'm too young, so I can't make that much money, right? Like in our minds, somehow we make this about like age, age validation. But then the other thing too is like, when you look at a job like that, and then compared to where you are, like, you wonder, can I even do this? Like, is this even possible? What if I do put myself into debt? Yeah, definitely. I think that I I seek out a lot of external validation and I almost think that the schooling system leads you to think that that is the most important thing. And I almost think that's why I fell into big four accounting because it was like, 
all these teachers and faculty and people who are, you know, I look up to, they're telling me this is good. And like, this is great. You have this opportunity and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're right. This is. So having that validation and even in the workplace, having feedback loops and managers and just a whole hierarchy of people who are supposed to tell you what you're doing right and praise you and where you can improve it's such a feedback loop for you to want to fall into, okay, I need external validation in order to progress in order to tell, have people tell me I'm doing a good job and stuff like that. So really venturing out on your own and having that entrepreneurship mindset of like, okay, this is just me out here and I need to have the confidence in myself and believe in myself that I'm capable of these things. And of course I have validation from my clients and their progress and stuff like that. But when it's just you and building something and trying to find a team and tell other people if you're hiring, like, Hey, like this is my vision and I'm capable of this. It's a different ball game for sure. Yeah. That was definitely something I had to learn. Yeah. Plus it's hard too, because with, you know, the online business space, it's relatively new. This is not something that's been around for a while. So also your parents, my parents too, have been like, what the fuck are you doing online? <laughs> like, how is it real? You know? Yeah. Especially nutrition and training. I think so many people are accustomed to having a trainer with you. And I will say that my business is focused more on the nutritional side. I mean, of course, training is so important, but nutrition is something that a lot of my clients struggle with. So that's what we focus on. But I think that if people hear one-on-one coaching and they don't really know the nitty gritty of what goes into it, they're like, are you just like videotaping yourself training? Like what is going on here? So it's hard to communicate sometimes to people who have never heard of it, but yeah, my parents are on board now. So (laughs) yeah, it just took a little bit of like, you had to get that accreditation or accolades from your clients and whatever else to actually do it. But it's hard in the beginning because like you're starting from nowhere and everyone just, they don't get it because there's nothing to show yet. I mean, you had your following, right? You had that kind of building up and stuff in your clients, but still, you know, hard. Yeah, definitely. There's a difference between like being able to have an audience and also being credible in the space. I will say definitely that there's a huge, a huge fitness element here in San Diego, which is where I'm based out of. And all my friends kind of do this and all my friends have their own businesses or most of them. So it was easy for me in that sense to be surrounded by people who pushed me to be better and to start my own thing. It wasn't like it was in like a small town and no one around me did this sort of thing. And I'm out here venturing on my lonesome. I feel like I had that support, which I'm also very grateful for. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that everything happened for a reason. So the fact that I was working out here for accounting and kind of fell into this, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, where I'm supposed to be. So that was good. Yeah. It's funny how things always, like they fall into place. Like we don't think that they do. And even for me, like I'm a multifaceted person. I've jumped all over from job to industry to even I've moved like every other year, if not more. And you don't think it all lines up, but then somehow it does. And you're like, holy shit. Okay. That wasn't for nothing. It actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just thinking about where I was this time last year versus now, it's drastically different. And so it brings me almost a lot of calmness that everything can have like everything in due time and there's so much can change in the course of a year so yeah definitely yeah we beat ourselves up when we look at like the short term day to day week to week even month to month but when you look at like a full year or even quarters you're like holy crap I actually did all these things yes I will say I think that that's something that social media isn't the best at is it really has us thinking like okay if I start a business I need to be successful today if I start a fitness journey I need to 
see progress today. You know, everything needs to happen so quickly and we forget about just the long term and playing the long game. And so I think that that's where a lot of fitness and business kind of coincide is because you need to be in it for the long game. You need to not burn out and just finding your groove in it can really be just so helpful. No matter what anybody else is doing, comparison is so easy when it comes to both of those pieces. But just figuring out what works for you and riding that wave is so incredibly important. So how can someone do that? Like, how do they start changing your mindset or like shifting the way that you perceive things so that it's more positive or more like glass half full versus pessimistic or kind of like beating yourself up if things don't go your way on the short term? Yes, definitely. So... I mean, back to just who your audience is and who people are in general who succeed in the corporate space or they start their own businesses. We are very type A, a lot of us, and we're, you know, very scheduled. We want things to go a certain way. We want, you know, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And I'm just going to use fitness as an example because that's what I preach. And a lot of my clients come to me and they're very accomplish in other areas of their life. They're a mom, they start their own business, they have all these like educational backgrounds, they're doing well. And it's like, why can't they get this piece of fitness down? Why can't they figure out what works for them? And the reason why a lot of the time is because we can be so all or nothing in other areas of our life. Like you can sit down and just be like, hey, I'm gonna grind this month for my business and just like never come up for air. Or if you're studying, you're like, I can just grind 24 hours for this test and then it'll be done. But with fitness, you can't do that. And even when you're starting your own business, you can't do that for very long. So really figuring out how to move the needle every single day, just that little bit and understanding that it's not about, is this a perfect day where I'm super productive or I'm super on it with my food or my nutrition or something versus is this bad day where I'm a failure and I'm not moving the needle and stuff like that. And kind of imposter syndrome takes over. You need to be able to live in the gray area where you move the needle, but you still find non-negotiables for yourself. You still take time to shut off, get away from the constant work, the constant grind. That's really where the longevity piece comes into play. And that's what I'm still learning today in terms of my business. It's hard. It's really hard, especially when like, Again, if we're talking about diet and stuff and just like health, as for me and a lot of millennials or even Gen Zs, like we grew up within toxic diet culture where like everything was like calorie counting and like the Weight Watchers bars and like all this garbage, like fucking diet stuff, like all this stuff. So like, how do you even change your viewpoint on food, health, like and fitness and business, right? So that it's more of like a gray, like good, better, best situation instead of just black and white. Yeah. So with our clients, a lot of the time, I mean, it's in my mission statement as well. We want to teach women to eat to fuel. A lot of them come to us and I was there too, chronically dieting, thinking that less is more, thinking that if I'm not seeing progress, I need to push myself harder, more days in the gym, less food. Like I really just want to see weight loss if that's your goal. And there's just a lot of misinformation out there. So the first thing that I do with my clients is educate. So the reason why we're doing what we're doing, nothing is blindly followed. Again, these are women who want to know the reason why they're very invested in, hey, I need to know the mechanics behind why we're doing what we're doing. And really, so they're able to take what we're doing long-term. But a lot of them, we get them to eat more. We get them to weight train. We get them to just feel strong and confident in themselves and their abilities. and having goals outside of the way that they look. So strength and wanting to have a better relationship with food, those things 
come from a place of abundance and come from a place of building confidence in yourself. And we find that with most of our clients who do go down that path successfully, which a lot of them do, they're able to bring that confidence and apply it into other areas of their life. So the more that you're able to just find that in yourself, it's like you find it in relationships, you find it in your own business, you find it in just your capabilities. And that's where we can really help any imposter syndrome that comes up because you have that confidence in yourself that you've built through just showing up for yourself and your discipline. So that's why even if you have a business and yours isn't fitness related business like mine, you might still benefit from that fitness component and just showing up for yourself in those ways because it's so much more than just like, oh, like I'm stronger in this lift or something like that, or I can bicep curl this weight or something. It's a lot bigger than that. So getting women to show up for themselves in that way and reflect on that is just incredible. And that's what I love most about doing this job. Yeah. The hard thing for me specifically is like putting the self-care before the business. Cause I used to just like, I'm like, I'm so creative in the morning. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get to work. And then maybe if I get to it at night and I feel up for it, I'll go to the gym. Whereas now I'm trying to switch back to like, just doing the workout right in the morning and then getting into work. But then the other thing too, is just the conversation around food because right, everything seems fucking bad. And then I don't eat anything. So then it's like, really, it's like, doesn't work. Or I know a lot of people, that's the same thing. We're like, you can't have the sandwich. You can't have this. You can't have that. So I guess I'll just not have anything. And then you're like, beating yourself up because then you didn't eat anything. And then it's like the spiral of like, okay, well now I have to eat something. So then you binge and eat whatever it is. And then it's like never an actual healthy cycle. Yes. And that comes back to just finding a quick fix because you're like, Hey, I don't really have time for this. Like, let's just make rules for myself. And that's where a lot of people fall back on is they're like, I'm not seeing progress. So let's create more rules. Let's create what I can't have, what I can't have, what's good, what's bad. And then you fall into this cycle of, okay, is that really going to work for you in the long term? What if we have an abundance mindset towards, you know, hey, instead of saying like, I can't have these cookies, like what can we add to it in order to have you fuller longer, be able to have more energy, show up as yourself in your work and as your best self and not be so food focused. And then when you are hungry, you're able to, you know, eat something that's going to fuel you really understanding and learning how food applies to the body and how we need it and how to make food work for you is something that is very hard because it's individualized. But again, it all comes down to having that education and being willing to take the time to learn, which a lot of people aren't. So that's why it's easy to just be like, there are rules. I can't have this. I can't have this, cut this, blah, blah, blah. Is that just a basically people's allergies and things like that? Or is it more of like, do you have set parameters just in general? Like don't have dairy, don't have gluten, or again, is it dependent on the person? So when we take a client, we tend to look at what they're eating on a day-to-day basis. If the only reason why you shouldn't have something is because you either don't like it or you're allergic to it or you're genuinely intolerant to it. But when I'm saying make rules, I think a lot of people are just no carb, no fat, no this, no that. And it's very black and white for them. But absolutely, if you're intolerant to something or something makes you feel bad, like don't eat it, but also don't be scared of it just because you heard on one commercial that carbs are bad or something like that. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You roll your eyes, but it's true. Like it's fucking hard. You have everyone and their mother telling you, you can't have these things. And you're like, well, I guess I'll fucking do, I don't know, fucking rice cakes and like protein shakes for my whole life now. Cause those are the only things that I can eat or some shit. I know it's just so I'm really my eyes at just the fact that it's still a part of the conversation. It's 2022 and there's still people like fear mongering out there. Like 
these are five foods I would never eat. And it's like, bro, like, stop. (laughs) It's not that bad. So it really is just turning the conversation, which takes a lot of time. But we're seeing great results from just the clients who are buying into the process. And it's just so nice because they're not able to just progress in the time that we're working together, but really utilizing it for months and years to come. And just like, hey, like, this is how to fuel. This is how to make meals. I understand that I can eat more and still have my goals. And I've proven to myself that I can go to the gym at this time. And this works for me. So just helping them figure it out for themselves is the end game. And that's where I know I'm doing my job. So what are some little changes that the listeners can do to like kickstart their fitness goals? Like, right, everyone has New Year's resolutions right now, or even just they want to eat a little bit better. Do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah. So quick and easy, I would say for going to the gym, set scheduled times, like meetings with yourself. Don't say, hey, I'm going to go when this makes sense for my schedule. Schedule in alongside other parts of your day. That's where I think running your own business kind of is a double-edged sword because if you have a nine to five, you're like, okay, I'm over at 5 p.m. I'm going to go to the gym at this time or I can turn off. There's always something to do if you have your own business. So I think there's an element of guilt that comes to, I'm going to go to the gym. You're getting dressed. You're driving to the gym. You're like, crap, should I be working on my business? There's a million things to do. Your head's not in it. Then you don't have a good workout. Then you're like, okay, I'm not, not doing that again. I think scheduling it in and then scheduling out or time blocking other parts of your day is going to be super important because when you're not at the gym, you can be fully invested in your business or your job or whatever you have. And then when it is time to go to the gym, you can completely shut off and have that confidence that everything is going to get done. You're able to go to the gym and then come home. So that's number one. Number two is going to be just water and protein. I think having protein in a meal and, you know, protein, carbs, and fat are so important and we need all of them. But the reason why the fitness industry harps so much on protein is because if we look at the American diet, it's something that we have to think a little bit extra about, right? No one has a problem with getting in carbs and fats. It's really just, Hey, let's base meals around protein. So if you have protein at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's going to keep you fuller. Protein is a building block for muscle. It's just so beneficial. So having protein three meals a day, you don't need to go zero to hundred and count every single calorie or something like that. But again, it goes back to moving the needle every single day and saying like, okay, I am going to shut off and get eight hours of sleep. I'm going to make sure I'm getting my water. I'm going to take breaks and go on walks and stretch, you know, little things like that. And then once you get more comfortable, then you can dial it in a little bit more and be like, okay, let's make sure I'm getting in carbs and fats. Let's make sure I'm getting in good pre and post-workout nutrition. That's what we focus on, again, with our clients is just starting small, moving the needle. And then once we gain that confidence, then we can build on that. Instead of just being like, oh, you've never stepped foot in the gym before? Okay, let's go five days a week and here's all your meals and blah, blah, blah. That's like never going to last. So, Yeah, even for myself when I fall off the bandwagon, because I'll get into these zones of like getting really into fitness and right counting macros and stuff for like a couple months during training or whatever it is, and then take a little time off. And then I got to like wean back into it. But I know just from experience, like you said, can't go from zero to hundred, even with that foundation or the muscle memory, if you will, from previous experience. Yeah. And I will say that even if, I mean, I've been in this game for like five years and even at the beginning of this year, I fell out of love with training and I really had to like make myself go. It was hard So I will say like, don't beat yourself up because it happens to everybody. Like me having a fitness-based business, 
going to the gym, having competed before, I'm still having times when I have like trouble eating micronutrients and protein and trouble going to the gym. Like it really happens to everyone. And I think that being able to, again, live in the gray area and be like, okay, this is a time when motivation is lacking. What can I do in my day to maybe bring it back a couple notches, but still not be so like zero or 100 about it and finding how to live in the gray area, still move the needle, but do what you have to do to mentally and physically progress is really key. Yeah. And I think people forget too, that like you can still progress in certain areas while you're still healing because we always are healing some area of our life, whether it's a trauma, whether it's just like shit happens. Like you break up with your boyfriend, like you lose your job. Like, I don't know, shit happens. So like, if you need to take time, that's totally fucking fine. It's normal. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. And again, I think a lot of people are getting sick right now. So if they're getting motivated in the new year and then they get sick and they're like, well, like I was just motivated. Like, no, like now I can't go to the gym. And it's like, okay, take the time, rest, recover. That is so important. And then, like you said, lean back into it and understand that it's going to start small but don't fall into the trap of thinking again, that everything needs to happen now. Everything needs to happen fast and all of that stuff. So that's super important. Yeah. Speaking on like doing everything now and fast, you know, that we talk about fitness, but also entrepreneurship. I want to talk about business just in general for a second, like kind of wheeling it back to like, you know, where you started. Everyone's always freaking out about actually starting it, right? Actually finding the clients, actually posting, actually like dabbling with an idea. So how did you even actually just do the damn thing, right? Actually start and keep with it. Yeah. So like I said, my whole plan was to start coaching clients for free. I did like three clients for free. And then I utilized them as testimonials. I said, Hey, just so you know, I'll coach you, but I'm going to be working out the back end. And luckily, like I said, I had some friends who were in this as well. So they showed me kind of, Oh, here's how I do a check-in with a client. And here's how I write a training program. And here's how we communicate. So I was like, okay, great. Like very grateful for that. But I did, I coached some clients for free and then I posted their testimonials on my Instagram and I said, Hey, like I'm coaching a few clients started very small again, because at that time I was getting ready to go work for EY. So I was like, Oh cool. Like some side income, like that's nice. And I get to help people. I felt super fulfilled and then asking for help along the way. I mean, right now I have a business coach who is also my friend, Kendall. She's fantastic. So really just surrounding myself with a cohort and a group of people who are like-minded and we want to see each other succeed is super important. But in terms of just doing the damn thing, I think, yeah, it's, it's again, knowing yourself and knowing how much risk you're willing to take on. Because for me, you know, 2020, it's now 2022. I've only been doing this full-time since June of 2021. So I took a long time to build it up. So I'm not somebody who jumps ship right away and you don't have to either if you don't want to. So I think just figuring out what timeline works for you, no matter how long and far out it is, it'll come. And like you said, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. How long did it take you to actually get, I don't want to say established, but like, right, there's the very first time you posted about something fitness related years ago. And then actually getting to where you are now, where you have clients, where you have a process, where like, I see you post every day, you do reels, like, right, you're in flow. Like, you're clearly doing what you're meant to do. And it's all seemingly, I know on the back end, it's probably complex and you have a lot of shit going on, but like, how long did it take you to get to that place? And did you have any like strategies or suggestions for people who are like in the in-between place? So I will say that 
Okay. So I started EY in 2020 in September. And then that whole rest of the year, I just had probably like 10 or 11 clients who were with me since the beginning. And I didn't really add any new clients because I was working full time. And then in February, 2021, I had a TikTok blow up and I got like 25 inquiries overnight. Did I sign all of them? Absolutely not. But I think that for me, that was just validation that, oh, people do want, people are seeking coaching. This is an industry I can tap into because with the imposter syndrome, with all my friends doing coaching, it's like, oh, who would want, why me? You know, I'm just another person coming into this space. Like it's already pretty saturated, but that could be said for anything. That could be said for being a staff in the accounting firm. Like it's very saturated and you have a big starting cost. Like you're just the small fish in a big pond. So just switching my mindset from that and then really catering my content after that place to more educational content. I think there was always a piece of me that balanced education with entertainment and also just my own journey. And no matter how much I am in the coaching space, I never want to leave that sense of just entertainment. I like being funny. I like trying to, you know, entertain, not always just like preach and come from like a scientific, you know, stance on everything. It's meant to be fun and it's meant to be enjoyable and you're meant to balance it with other areas of your life. And it's not just like, oh, if you can get into fitness, you have to be a hundred percent into fitness and your journey. Anybody can do this. And like I said earlier, it really is not just beneficial from a fitness perspective, but in translating it into other areas of your life as well. Yeah. I have found that over time, the secret is just like fun. When you have fun and you kind of embody every aspect of your life into what you do, like literally everything. For me, it's like the F word and like press on nails, like just puts together this nice little package and whether people fuck with you or not, right? They like you or not, like doesn't really matter, but you're doing your thing and it's, you're carving your own path. Yeah, it really is. It's nice. And I mean, now, like I said, I hired my business coach in November and I've just made leaps and bounds since then. I hired, I have an assistant coach. We launched the Fit Breakthrough. Like things are rocking and rolling. I will say that from just like an SOP and backend perspective, having accounting helped in that sense because it's very documented. It's very this step, this step, this step, read these SOPs. So I'm going into this. I already had everything kind of in place because I'm like, I know that if I expand and if I grow, I'm going to need this. And it was also beneficial for me just to have these things in place. But from an organizational perspective, I feel like I had that and that was beneficial from my background. So. See, but that's like the great thing too, is like my background isn't mostly in marketing and admin. So it's perfect for business, but right, there are still other areas that I need to succeed in and, and excel in, in order for this to grow. But like people forget that their transferable skills in your corporate job, whether it's a hundred percent in business or not, is super fucking relevant, super relevant. Yeah. And even if, I mean, I know that you never want to talk about this, but it's like, even if Instagram goes down tomorrow, all my clients leave me, I'm unable to, you know, continue this, like you learn skills that are transferable in anything else that you do, right? So I think so many people are afraid to leave their job because they're like, well, what if this one thing doesn't work? And it's like, yeah, what if it doesn't? Like you learn along the way, the fact that you're you know, able to build something like jobs are always going to be there. Again, I understand I'm privileged in being able to transition as early as I did and not everybody has that. And maybe you have kids or you have a household that you need to you know, make mortgage payments on or something like that. So you're in a different position than I am, but you have the ability to move the needle and you have the ability to figure out what you're good at, figure out where you lack, learn on those skills, ask for help and find fulfillment in other areas. Yeah. You grow 10 times more as an entrepreneur than you ever will in your job. I've made more growth this past year than probably my six year corporate career. 
Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And now you're like, you're almost like a special case if you were to go back and get a job because you can do everything instead of just one thing, right? Back then it was just accounting. Now you like probably know web design and client management and like contract work and like social media, like all these different things that are highly fucking marketable, things that people want. And you have a package deal right now because you've done that just for being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's very true. You forget how much you learn and just grow. And I mean, I work probably the same amount as I did in my accounting job. Like I work so much, but I love it so much more. And you get a return on your investment. Like the more I work, the more I grow, the more clients I'm able to help and, you know, the better off I am. So it's all just feeding into one another. And I think that's another reason why I had a hard time at my accounting job. It wasn't because it was too much or too hard, but I feel like I was like, dang, I'm a really hard worker. And I pride myself on that. And the fact that I'm putting so much of my energy into something that isn't fulfilling to me, that was like, damn, this is a loss. Like this could have been, I could be utilizing my skills elsewhere. So I'm really happy that I feel aligned with where I'm going right now. Yeah. Plus it's impact-based, right? When you do accounting, like that's great, but you're really just like helping these like mega conglomerate fucking companies like become richer. And you're just like, "Mm, I don't know about this. I don't know. Uh, an auditor, especially, like nobody wants to see the likes of us. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, when I worked at my corporate job, we didn't want to hang with you guys. We were like, oh, great, the big four is coming. Part of my job back then was like, I would help support the tax team. They literally, it's going to sound like a dick thing, but they would lower the temperature in the room that the auditor was in to make them fucking finish quicker because they were so annoyed. They're like, get this person fucking out of here. No, that's a thing for sure. I will say that my time in corporate, I loved my coworkers. Like, I think that was probably the hardest thing is being able to leave that environment where you have coworkers, you have friends. I don't know if I would have been confident leaving that if I didn't already have the fitness group that I had here to help support me through my entrepreneurship journey. So that's what I also want to say to your listeners. If they're not on social media and that's not a way that they're getting clients, I think, you know, a lot of people utilize social media now, but just get in that realm for the purpose of finding support in whatever niche that you're in, because that could be super helpful, especially if you're again, leaving your corporate job and you have friends and you have coworkers and kind of a built-in system. It's difficult going out on your own. So definitely utilizing those resources is important. Plus even the social aspect, like let's be honest, we went through like you chit chat every single day and bullshit with people around you and do the happy hours and all this stuff. And then now you're just like in a room by yourself for 40 hours, like doing nothing. I mean, you're doing, you're right, you're working, but it's just you. And then maybe you hang out with your dog or something. Like, well, I also think that's a reason why it was almost easier for me to leave because I started my work during the pandemic. My whole thing was work from home. So I was working busy season, 9 a.m. to like 11.30 p.m. in my room doing accounting work. Like that's not fun. So I think it was easier for me to leave in that sense because yes, I had coworkers and yes, I love them, but I wasn't working with them. I wasn't shooting the shit in the office. That's true. That's actually really true. Yeah. I guess we're basically doing the same thing now, but we call the shots. Exactly. (laughs) There you go. It's fun. So uh, this has been great. I know a lot of people who are like really like into getting their New Year's resolutions, like ducks aligned and actually taking action, you know, would find this really helpful. But if you could give advice to your younger self, right? Like one final send off, one goal nugget for this conversation, what would that be? It would be you are more than your accomplishments. I think that for so long, I thought that people liked me because of what I was doing and what I was succeeding in. And everybody around me was validating me based on what I could do. 
And I think that having people who not only push you in terms of work, in terms of like accomplishing things, but also loving you for who you are and what you bring to the table aside from, you know, what you know and what you do is super important. And so uh, a New Year's resolution that I actually have for myself this year that I think is super important, especially if you run your own business, is I want to have more hobbies that are not revenue generating. I think we live in a society that's like, you need everything to be a side hustle. If you enjoy it, how can you monetize it? And yeah, that's nice. That's fun and games. But I think having things aside from always needing to accomplish and provide a revenue stream for yourself is important too. Yeah. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday of like, we have this extended weekend and I almost feel like I was like, I want to do work because I love it, but also like, that's not fucking healthy. <laughs> like we need to do something that's actually outside of sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. So where can people get in contact with you if they want to work with you, have questions, want to compliment you for the episode or, you know, anything like that? Uh, well, my personal Instagram account is uh, fitness by Alicia. And then we have the business Instagram account. That's the Fit Breakthrough. And you can find all my links and stuff through the link in my bio there. Instagram is my main platform that I talk on, that I post on. And I would love to connect with you through there. Well, thanks so much for being on. I really, really appreciate it, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. And I love what you're doing with the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.